0: Good morning, today is Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. This is a regular meeting of the Building Inspection Commission. I would like to remind everyone to please mute yourself if you're not speaking. The first item on the agenda is roll call. Um, President Alexander Toot. Present. Um, Commissioner Newman. Here. Commissioner Shaddix. Here. Commissioner Williams commissioners chavez and summer are excused and we have a quorum um next uh would you be able to read the land acknowledgement i'm sorry it's on the agenda
1: Yeah, I have it. The Building Inspection Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatushaloni, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land, in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatushaloni have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working in their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ray Matushaloni community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first people.
0: Thank you. Uh, Next, for members of the public who are um, maybe listening in, our uh, public comment, call-in number is 415-655-0001. The access code is 2663-974-8864. To raise your hand for public comment on a specific agenda item, press star 3 when prompted by the meeting moderator. And for the WebEx webinar, password is 0816. So next, we have um, item 2, President's opening remarks.
2: Um, Good morning, everybody. Um, First of all, congratulations to all the parents and the children who are going back to school today. Um, It's the first day for SFUSD, and I know the school districts are starting very soon. Um, So good luck to you and your children. I wish you much joy and success this year. I wanted to also let folks know and invite my fellow commissioners. Last week I had the opportunity to visit the Permit Center and experience the -the over-the-counter system. Thank you to Director Reardon, Assistant Director Gasparis, and especially thank you to, to Gus Bohorowitz Jr., the Permit Center Manager. The digital system and the help desk and the shared infrastructure between the departments is an incredible development. The cultural change is not automatic and the Permit Center's leadership uh, and vision for collaborative for collaboration is clear and the expectation is clear especially noteworthy are the monthly reports that each department is given that lead to action on the floor um, and this real real experience is available to any of my commission fellow commissioners and I encourage you to take advantage of it as we are charged with um, you know the policy changes to improve the poly, the permit process Um, And that's one of the things we'll be hearing from today. And if you are not someone who files permits regularly, as many of the commissioners are not, um, I do encourage you to go through that process yourself. So thank you uh, for helping set that up. And uh, the goals for today's meetings, we're gonna hear from the directors and the executive leadership team. Um, Director Reardon is on a well-deserved vacation. So we're joined by Assistant Director Christine Gasparic. Uh, We're going to hear and discuss two important critical items for economic recovery, our goal of public excellence, and these two goals are also aligned with good government and transparency and restoring the public trust and deepening our culture of ethics at DBI. So I'm excited for um, items five and six today on the agenda. Uh, in addition to today, one of the most important things that we do as a commission is we hire the director and the secretary, and we also um, issue their reviews. And so we will be uh, performing one of those important duties today. Um, and f- to my fellow commissioners and to the members of the public, at the last meeting you may have heard requests for um, in-depth items on housing, on budget, on, um, on subcommittees. Those items we're gonna move to September. Um, so you can look forward to the having, seeing those on our September agenda. And that's all for me. Good morning, everyone.
0: Thank you. Is there any public comment on the president's opening remarks? Um, seeing none, item three, general public comment. The BIC will take public comment on matters within the commission's jurisdiction that are not part of this agenda. the overhead? The oh, that it should, it should it should begin. There it is. Thank you.
3: Mm-hmm. Good morning.
4: My name is Jerry. As the enterprise department, DBI's expenses need to be 100% funded by user fees. There are operational changes DBI can easily implement that would improve DBI's operational controls and increase DBI revenue. Proposed changes. One, don't let DBI inspectors drive to a job site without pre-scheduling the inspections and PTS. Two, this change will allow DBI to charge re-inspection fees when inspectors are denied entry. Job site visits are costly, and the cost of a re-inspection should be borne by the party who denies the inspector entry. Three, DBI should not allow expired building permits to be renewed on a $1 administrative permit. The cost of renewing a building permit is certainly greater than $1. This practice circumvents DBI's building permit renewal process and deprives DBI of the ability to recover the cost of renewing a building permit. Where's the arrow key here? Four, DBI needs to stop allowing expired building permits to be finaled on a $1 administrative permit. What is the justification for not renewing the original permit? I filed a document request on July 25, 2023, and I should have received a copy of DBI's policy on issuing administrative permits in 10 days. I've not received the document. Five, DBI Inspector Ed Donley was heading up DBI's internal review of Rodrigo Santos and Bernie curran jobs until Mission Local ran a story that reported DBI Inspector Donley had work done on his house by Rodrigo Santos. A copy of the Mission Local story is in your handout. Six, the use of administrative permits at Mr. Donley's home illustrates how administrative permits are being abused. Building permits were issued to Mr. Donnelly's home with a total cost of $179,000. Inspector Donnelly allowed the six building permits to expire. DBI's senior inspector Kevin McHugh finaled the work on the six expired permits 12 years later in 2019 on an administrative permit. This nonsense needs to stop. Thank you.
0: Is there any additional public comment in person or uh, remotely? Okay, um, seeing none, we will go to item four, director's report. 4A, director's update.
5: Good morning, uh, interim president Alexander Toot, members of the Building Inspection Commission. I'm Christine Gasparic, Assistant Director of the Department of Building Inspection, filling in for Director O'Reardon. I wanna start with uh, congratulations to Commissioner Summer on the birth of her baby boy. Uh, We're all very excited for her and her family and uh, look forward to her return. And I also want to echo uh, President Alexander Tooth's comments about her tour of the Permit Center on Friday. Um, We really appreciate you taking the time to toward the permit center and learn more about the improvements we've made to the -the over-the-counter process. Um, Our staff and permit center partners appreciate the opportunity to share their work with you and um, and I want to extend that invitation to uh, the other commissioners um, and uh, give us an opportunity to meet our staff and partners and learn about our improved permitting experience. Uh, Next, I want to update you on a fire that occurred on August 1st at 300 Octavia in Hayes Valley. Um, It was a fire that destroyed a housing development that was under construction and caused portions of Octavia Boulevard to be closed for more than a week. Uh, Immediately following the fire, DBI issued a notice of violation to the property owner uh, requiring that they secure the necessary permits, demolish the wooden steel framework, clear the debris, and secure the site. On August 8th, when that work had not proceeded at an acceptable pace, DBI issued an emergency order that required the property owner to move faster. Uh, In response to the emergency order, the property owner quickly hired a contractor, secured a demolition permit, and began taking down the framework and construction scaffolding. Um, As always, our main concern is to ensure public safety, but we also knew that Octavia Boulevard, which is a major artery, Um, Needed to be reopened as soon as possible because of the anticipated additional traffic due to the Outside Lands concert in Golden Gate Park over the weekend. Um, So to that end, the demolition crews worked late uh, last Thursday and early on Friday and brought the damaged scaffolding down to a safe height um, and the roadway was reopened before noon on Friday. Uh, The demolition work and debris off hauling continued over the weekend. I want to extend a huge thank you to this month's on-call building inspector, Trevor Byrne, who bird-dogged the demolition and dedicated some late nights and early mornings to making sure that project stayed on track. Uh, Secondly, I was also asked to provide an update on the unpermitted illuminated structure that was constructed on the roof of the Twitter building at 1355 Market Street on Friday, July 28th. On that day, DBI staff were informed of a structure being built on the roof of the building without a permit. We opened a complaint and a building inspector attempted to access the building to investigate, but he was not allowed inside. Uh, because the structure was visible from the street, the inspector wrote a notice of violation and attempted to access the building the next day, but was again turned away. Over that weekend, DBI and the Planning Department received more than two dozen complaints about the unpermitted structure and its illumination. The following Monday, DBI building inspectors returned to the building and were granted access to a viewing area where they observed the structure being removed. The property owner's representatives subsequently obtained the necessary demolition permit to cover the investigation fees, abate the notice of violation, and the issue was resolved. Uh, Last, I want to share a note that we received from a customer who praised the work of our acting chief, uh, building inspector Kevin Birmingham. Mike Bowen of Bowen Construction wrote, Kevin took everything and reviewed all the permits and signatures and inspection letters and handled it so quickly and issued our CFCs and it was done within a week. So I'm writing to thank you for having a chief in there who knows what he's doing and as you know, I run my job sites by the book and I do all the inspectors want and I take no shortcuts and I always go the extra mile. So it was especially relieving to have someone like Kevin sort through everything and treat us with service and respect. My clients and I are very appreciative of that. So again, thanks for having Kevin in there. So I wanna echo Mr. Bowen's remarks and thank you, Kevin, for providing a high level of service to our customers and for a job well done. This concludes the director's report.
0: Thank you. Um, Next, we have item 4B, update on major projects.
5: first the first slide Uh, good morning update on major projects Um, as a reminder major projects have a valuation of five million dollars or greater um, and this is the data from July Uh, so in July uh, there were two uh, permits uh, filed uh, for major projects one was a demolition and renovation of the facilities at st. Ignatius um, at 2001 37th avenue it's a 75 million dollar project the other was at 450 pacific avenue it's an interior renovation of an office building valued at 10.8 million dollars and president alexander too you had asked that we include some reference information from before the pandemic Uh, so under the count there we have included uh, the average number of such projects in 2019 So in 2019, the average was uh, was just over 10. Uh, For permits issued, we have uh, three permits that were issued at a total valuation of $29.8 million. One was for 945 Market Street, a tenant improvement for the new IKEA uh, shopping center at $12.2 million. Uh, and another example is the 809 Montgomery Street expansion and renovation at $7 million. And in 2019, we had an average of six point, we, just over six uh, permits issued at a valuation of $5 million or greater. And for completed projects, we had one completed project, a uh, valuation of $6.5 million a four-story office building at 1615 Market Street. And in 2019, we had an average of of five completed projects in the month of July. Concludes major projects.
0: Thank you. Um, Do the commissioners have any questions or no? So then next we have item uh, 4C, update on DBI's finances.
6: Good morning, commissioners. Alex and deputy director of administration. Uh, as President Toot had mentioned, there will be a more comprehensive presentation next meeting when hopefully everyone will be here. Hopefully the seventh member is appointed and we have a full commission. So this update will just be a regular finance update of the, for the first um, month of the new fiscal year. So, we are about 8% of the way through the year now. That's the first month, July. It's too early to really project any revenues or expenditures. Any Anything we try to project out now, any small change would have a large effect on the end of the year, so we don't want to be giving wild changes from one month to the next. Typically, at uh, the six month mark, we start making more detailed projections and then we're, we start meeting with the controller's office and the mayor's office to go over where we where we think we are. And again, next month we will give a, a more comprehensive update on how we ended last fiscal year, what the approved budget is in, in some detail, and I'll also include some of the financial history, what our current fund balance is, how we got to where we are, and things of that nature. Next slide, please. So here you can see some of the initial revenue activity for the first month of the year. Um, no, no projections in there. Again, those will be added uh, around the six month timeframe. Next slide, please. Here are the initial first month expenditures. Um, again, not not too much to be gleaned from here, but here are the actuals available in in case anyone is, is curious to see. Next slide. As far as permits are concerned, the number and valuation, we've received 10% more permits than the same time period last year, so year to date, the first month of July. However, the valuation is 41% lower, but It's very difficult to draw conclusions from this, so we'll continue to monitor, and we'll look for trends, and we'll keep everyone updated. Next slide, please. So as you can see, uh, things one one large project can dramatically change the outcome of how we're doing valuation-wise. Last month in July, we received a single $84 million project, and that, Completely, uh, that, that makes the comparison difficult, but it is encouraging to see the number of permits uh, be higher than than last year. Although they are in the smaller valuation categories, so um, typically those are that's work that does not have the same return as the larger projects. We're hoping to address that. For through the fee study and increase for all services so that we're recovering costs, but that may have political implications, so we'll, we'll see how that works out. So that's the update for this month and I'd be happy to answer any questions.
0: Okay, thank, thank you. you. Um, next we have item 4D, update on proposed or recently enacted state or local legislation.
7: Good morning, Interim President Alexander Toot and Commissioners. I'm Carl Nesita, Legislative Affairs Manager, with your monthly update on local and state legislation impacting DBI. The first slide, please. The first item I'll cover today is an ordinance amending the planning and building code that created a temporary amnesty program, including a streamlined application process and permit fee waivers to bring unpermitted awnings into compliance. That ordinance passed the Board of Supervisors, was signed by the mayor on July 20th, and becomes effective in just a handful of days on August 19th. As I mentioned last month, there was a duplicate ordinance that made some additional changes to the planning code. That one's just about a week behind in going to effect. So it will go into effect on August 28th, which will be the official kickoff date of the amnesty program, though the fee waivers will be available beginning August 19th. And the Office of Small Business is resuming outreach next week with updated information and they will be focusing on the businesses that received complaints and notices of violation. Next slide. Next is an ordinance amending the building code to outline the site permit application process to require simultaneous interdepartmental review for site permit applications. That ordinance did pass the Board of Supervisors, was signed by the mayor on July 28th, and becomes effective on August 28. That ordinance does largely mirror the process that DBI already has in place, so not a huge impact on our current operations, except that it codifies those requirements in the code and the accountability that comes with that. Next slide. The ordinance amending the building code to increase fees charged by DBI by 15% passed the Board of Supervisors as part of the city's 2324 budget. The budget was signed by the mayor on July 28th and becomes effective on August 28th. And that does include the fee ordinance, meaning DBI's customers will see the 15% increase for new applications beginning August 28th. Next slide. Next is the ordinance to add a business sign fee waiver to the existing May Small Business Awning Fee Waiver Program. Last month, you heard from Supervisor Joel Engardio's office, who was the sponsor of this legislation. And after your recommendation, the Land Use Committee recommended the ordinance to the full Board of Supervisors. It had its first vote on July 25th, and the final reading will be on September 5th after the Board's August recess. Next slide. You also heard a presentation last month on the ordinance amending the planning and building code to change how the city sets, imposes, and collects the various development impact fees. The Land Use Committee did recommend that ordinance to the full board of supervisors. And as with the last ordinance I just mentioned, it passed its first vote on the 25th of July. And its final vote will be on September 5th when the board returns from recess. Next slide. An ordinance amending the electrical code to require specific certifications for electrical work was Introduced by Supervisor, Supervisor Connie Chan and referred to the BIC for your recommendation Though since then Supervisor Chan has asked us to continue that ordinance pending some additional feedback from our code advisory committee And especially the mechanical electrical plumbing and fire subcommittee So I will update you on the status of this ordinance if not next month then very soon after next slide Finally, here locally, there is an uh, an ordinance amending the building code that was introduced by the mayor just before the board's recess that would allow DBI to waive the annual registration fee for vacant or abandoned commercial storefronts. We are currently gathering fee data, considering the implications and what the administrative aspects of that would look like in addition to talking to our stakeholders. So we'll cover this ordinance more comprehensively in a a presentation for you next month. Next slide. Finally on the state legislation side, the state legislature is back in in session as of this Monday. It will be a busy end of the session through the middle of September and then the governor has until the middle of October to sign most bills that do pass the legislature. We're tracking AB 1114 very closely. That's Matt Haney, Assemblymember Matt Haney's bill, which would make post entitlement housing permits, including building permits for housing ministerial, as well as imposed time limits for reviewing those permit applications. The Senate Appropriations Committee referred that bill directly to the Senate floor because they determined there was no fiscal impact on the state, only us here locally. And so that bill is actually on the Senate's consent calendar for today. If it passes the consent calendar, there will be one more floor vote. And I will have another update for you on this bill next month. That concludes my update. I'm happy to answer questions. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thanks. Next we have item 4E, update on inspection services.
8: Uh, good morning, President of the Institute, Commissioners. I'm Matthew Green, Acting Deputy Director for Inspection Services, and I'm pleased to provide an update on the activities and performances of the Inspection Services Division. Um, next slide. In July of 2023, the Building Electrical and Plumbing Divisions conducted 9,443 inspections. 92% of those inspections were conducted within two business days of the date requested by the customer, meeting our target of 90%. Next slide, please. In the same month, our housing inspection services conducted 905 inspections with 101 of those being routine inspections of multifamily housing. Next slide. The building electrical and plumbing divisions received 463 complaints and responded to 99% of them within three business days, well exceeding our target of 85%. Additionally, our code enforcement division sent 64 cases to directors hearing. Next slide. Um, Lastly, our Housing Inspection Services received 349 non-life hazard complaints and responded to 96% of them within three business days. For life life hazard and heat complaints, Housing received 22 complaints and responded to 73% of them within one business day. Housing Inspection Services also abated 464 cases with notices of violation and sent 36 additional cases to directors' hearings. Um, I'm available for any questions you may have.
0: Okay. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay. Is there any public comment on the director's report items 4A through E?
4: Good morning. My name is Jerry Dratler. July building permits are up 10 percent and the value is down to 40 percent. This raises a question I hope you would ponder. Why are building permit fees based on the value of the work and not the cost of the service provided. I think that's a really important question. And also, it speaks to the point that the department's an enterprise department, and it the fees have to cover the services provided, so they would be directly related. Thank you.
0: There any additional public comment? Any remotely? No.
2: Okay. I actually have a question. I was sorry, sorry. Okay. Um, Mr. Green, if you could come back and could you walk us through this this page right here? Um, there's some new items on here. And as, if you could just kind of just walk us through it. Thank you. You could just walk us through the month of July if you want.
8: Sure. Hold on a second. I know I have it. Hold on. This, the first page? Sure. So, when you say walk you through, what exactly would you like?
2: So, um, the first is building inspection, right? Mm-hmm. So, we have inspections performed, complaints received, complaints response within 24 hours, first violation. Just do these, um, and complaints received and abated without an NOV. Um, you know, can you just let us know what these things mean? So, like, abated without NOV, kind of what does that mean? Does that mean they went out and there wasn't a violation? There wasn't a violation?
8: Sure. I'm I, um, Second so just... notice
2: of violations referred to code enforcement. Just, Can you just kind of help us understand?
8: Sure. I can go can down the topics.
2: Thank you.
8: So, so the building inspections performed, or the overall inspections performed by our building inspectors in that specific month, that would include, uh, well, that would include uh, complaint investigations. And then below, the, that's the number of complaints we received. Either uh, we received complaints through 311, can call in complaints, they can file complaints on the web. Um, th- that's the total number of complaints that we received that were... Um, relevant to the building inspectors. There's also complaints for plumbing and electrical that are not included here, but we can get that. If you would. those. Um, complaint response within 24 to 72 hours. Um, so the inspectors, they, have, they get a complaint. They, they need to respond by either doing a site visit, uh, contacting the complainant, some, some sort of action on that complaint so it doesn't get lost. Um, complaints with the first notice of violation sent. Um, So an inspector gets a complaint. They respond to the complaint. They go out on site, and they do find uh, violations of the building code. They'll write a notice of violation. Um, And that's just the first notice of violation. And then complaints received and abated without a notice of violation. So a complaint is just an allegation until the inspectors go out and verify it. So if they do, go, they do receive a complaint, and if it's unverifiable or it's actually inaccurate, they'll close the complaint saying, you know, uh, investigated, no, no violations, complaint closed. And that's the end of it. And then abated complaints with notices of violation. So we receive a complaint, we investigate, we write a notice of violation. Generally, the way to uh, comply with that notice of violation is to get a building permit and make the repairs. So uh, once all that work is done, uh, proper building permits are issued, signed off, we will close the complaint saying they are in compliance now. So that's what that reference is. And second notice of violation and referred to code enforcement. Second notice of violation, it's just another way of us saying this is the final warning letter we sent to the uh, property owners to say, you've received your first notice of violation. You have not complied. We are sending this to code enforcement for the next next step of of the whole enforcement process. now, the housing inspections um, is very similar. Um, do you want me to go down each list here? Or?
2: <laughs> the abated complaints with NOVs, the number of cases sent to a directors' hearings. So, directors' hearings is that is that unique to housing?
8: No, uh, the directors' hearings is a process performed by both um, uh, code okay. enforcement and the housing inspection. It's a directors' hearing, it's held. Um, I believe housing holds them virtually it's a representative of the department uh, is the hearing officer the public it's a public hearing um, the purpose of the hearings is to, um, for the property owners to give cause to why we shouldn't issue an order of abatement on the property so it's a public hearing the property owners are invited to show up. Sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. It also, yeah. anybody can show up to testify on the case. Um, and then the hearing officer will make a decision whether they can issue an order of abatement. Um, they can uh, issue an advisement, which would say a 30 day advisement say, you get 30 days to correct all these violations. If they're not done, then we'll issue the order of abatement. They can also decide to continue the case or they can return the case to staff if there's, you know, it's, it's, it's on the hearing officer's discretion if there's more, more work needs to be done. And then the next one. I'm sorry. Number of routine inspections. Is that what your question?
2: And that does that's for multi-family buildings. Is that yeah, right? that's
8: multifamily building. It's a in
2: the common areas
8: apartment house uh, apartment house owners pay uh, apartment license fees on their property taxes annually. It pays for this program for a routine inspection of the common areas of uh, multifamily housing. Thank
2: you. Um, and then. Code, I, think, I, I think code enforcement makes sense. Um, could you talk about the code enforcement outreach programs?
8: Actually, I defer to Luis here. He'd be more
2: uh okay. this is the, I think on this. Okay, this is the first time we're receiving outreach. this report, so I just want to draw attention to it. Thank you.
9: Good morning, commissioners. Uh, my name is Luis Barão, and I'm a senior housing inspector, acting chief. Um, while Inspector Samba is out, um, I would love to answer your question, so please go Go ahead.
2: Um, I believe this is the first time we're receiving this report, is that right? With the, um, so could you just, okay, the, the code enforcement outreach program, the total people counseled the counseling cases and the community <clears throat> program participants and the cases resolved. Could you just walk us through that mm-hmm. quickly? Sure,
9: so um, the code enforcement outreach programs are uh, this community-based organizations that the department works with, um, that include the um, collaboratives as well as, well, no this is just code enforcement. So this would be the code enforcement outreach programs, which are the ones that work with um, multifamily units or not SROs. Um, <clears throat> and so total people reached out to. You. what that means is um, any flyer, any communication, it's the total amount of contacts that were made. Within the community to try to do outreach. Um, so that encompasses any activity, any flyer, any. It's trying to capture um, the amount of, of outreach and, and contacts that have been had with the community as a number. So that's what that number on top is. Um, counseling cases would be cases where either through outreach or through office um, times or through phone calls, people have come into those. Um, have come in contact with one of the CIOP programs to request um, help with code violations Um, and cases resolved are cases that where either they through their counseling and through their actions have um have been able to get the 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 complaint resolved as well as any case that they've referred to um, dbi where an inspector has had to go out and do uh, an inspection Um, and internally for us we also have statistics about how many cases have been referred to us and um, and and that's one of the numbers that we asked it's not included on this report so um, that we we split that number out so this case resolved is a total of all of those cases not just the cases referred to um, housing inspection services any other questions
2: thank you Thank you, I will do my usual disclosure. I used to work for the CEP programs. I still know people that receive those services, that provide those services. Um, thank you.
1: And
0: this, this is a report that we get every single I've not okay. seen that one, okay. Okay, thank you. Okay, um, next then we are on to item five, discussion regarding kitchen and bathroom remodel over the counter or OTC online instant permits.
10: Good morning, Interim uh, President Toot and the members of the Commission. My name is Neville Pereira. I'm the Deputy Director of Permit Services. I'm here to update you on the kitchen and bath remodel instant online permits. So we can have the first, there we go. Um, so some permits that we issue don't require plans. Um, it, it goes, it, it it makes sense that things like roofing permits, um, electrical and plumbing, some electrical and plumbing permits, and uh, you know some kitchen and bathroom models uh, don't need plans. And so um, we offer this service o- over-the-counter uh, to come in and just get the permit in person. However, in October 2020, DBI expanded this online uh, uh, the service to the instant online permits which are available to licensed contractors only and then um, that was for roofing permits in 2020 and in 2021 um, we expanded that to include kitchen and bath remodels. That next slide please. Okay now we're already on there so. So the way it works is that the contractor uh, fills out a, uh, their information online, and is, is essentially we keep their their records updated so that if something lapses, you know we, we notify them that they're, they're no longer eligible to pull these online permits. Um, they come onto the uh, the website and fill out the information about the project, the address, and scope of work. Get their uh, permit to uh, to start work, and then we send out an inspector to uh, verify that the work was done according to code. Uh, The license B general contractor, as well as the B2 contractors, are eligible for this service. And like I said, they are already um, registered with the Department Building Inspection. We don't allow this service for uh, homeowners just because. of the, the myriad of uh, expertise that we get with that. So currently it's only uh, licensed contractors. Next slide. Mm-hmm. So this is the, uh, what the contractor sees on the website. It allows them to fill out basic information on the, um, about the, the, the project and then uh, validate their contractor's uh, information as well. Next slide. So if you can imagine, kitchen and bathroom models can be pretty extensive, um, or not. And we we allow the ones that are not extensive to be uh, pulled online, so no structural changes. If you're doing a significant remodel where you're moving um, plumbing fixtures across the room and that kind of stuff, that's not eligible. So pretty much just a, a refresh of your kitchen and bath. Uh, with appliances being in place, uh, we only allow this for single-family dwellings and, and one and two-family dwellings, what we call R two, uh, R three occupancies, and for for obvious reasons also because um, things get a little more complicated for multi-residential and commercial, and then uh, no historical buildings uh, or any uh, buildings that have active complaints. Next slide. So. Um, The statistics say that in um, so far in 2023, we've had 6,245 permits that are issued without plans. Approximately 824 of these have been issued instantly online. Approximately 13% of all uh, no plans permits. So we continue to uh, publicize this information. If you can go to the next slide, please. Using customer communications, we have our, um, our normal communications base. We have our um, monitors in the uh, permit center, throughout the permit center that advertise this service as well. And then uh, quarterly, we have a public advisory forum where we invite the public and, uh, and members of the uh, industry to come in and and talk to us. So that's, uh, that's the extent of this report. I'm here for questions if you have it.
11: Uh,
12: yeah, so um, if you could, uh, could you elabor- elaborate a little bit further on why the online permitting is not extended to homeowners and just the, the reasoning behind that, uh, uh,
10: that limitation? Um, so currently, yeah, it's, it's it's a valid question. If currently the, the program on, on its onset when we rolled this out during the pandemic is primarily to reduce the volume, of uh, the, or the need to come to city hall, and so it's very it, it was restricted. Uh, you're right. We don't need to restrict this to contractors only. However, everything in our permit tracking system now again our permit tracking system is fairly long in the tooth. It's uh, it's old. And it's, it's based on um, uh, based on pretty rigorous um, rules about the contractor and, 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 and allowing them to pull permits. It's something that we can control immediately. We are as we look into um, make our services available ubiqu- ubiquitously, um, we will soon roll it out to others. So it's just an interim step. Thank you for that question.:
12: Thank you.
3: Thank you very for your report. Just uh, hopefully a fast question. So the uh, 6,245 total OTC, no plans permits, that, that's how many people actually submitted an online um, or attempted to a sub- submit an uh,
10: online permit? No, that's combined. That's combined walking. Most of them are walked in. Okay. Um, the 13% are online kitchen baths. Um,
3: okay, so then just trying to read these numbers here, 824 issued instantly online, correct? And that's a combination of walking in or online?
10: No, that's just online. That's just online. Yeah, so the people um, that use our web service, and I, I, I believe I, I stand corrected on it. It's not just kitchen and bath. It's just all online uh, transactions.
3: Okay, I'm going to try to get to my question here. So out of eight, out of the 6,200 there. 824. What typically fell out? Like what, uh, what was, is there a, a, a most common reason for somebody to fall out of the online instant approval? Um, it's
10: not that they fell out. Um, the majority of our industry professionals, contractors and mm-hmm. permit runners um, just have gotten used to walking in and getting that service done in, in-house as opposed to online. There are a growing number of uh, professionals that would rather sit in their bedroom and you know get a permit issued and that you know that, like I say it's growing um, but we will continue to uh, market that that service for every person that does not step into the permit center it just allows us more um, more throughput in the permit center for the people who walk in okay Thank you all right
1: sure um my question is about um, the limitation of one and two unit. Uh, buildings I mean we have a lot of small landlords and the Richmond sunset those sorts of places where it's you know for you know four unit buildings are very typical um, why not try and make the process easier for those groups as well to make updates I, I, I think that there's um, oftentimes there's a reluctance to do some of those things because of how complex the process is and because you have to go through the rigors of the, the permitting process here in San Francisco. So just, I'm curious there.
10: It's a stepping stone, that's all I can say. <laughs> we're, we're looking to get there. In, 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 my, uh, in, in my experience, I, I've had no problem rolling it out to other, um, you know, it's just uh, we have limitations with the city. Um, internal process stuff and stuff and where we're knocking down those barriers.
1: I appreciate the, the cautious, like being cautious and roll out. So.
10: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I guess I'm curious about how many of the OTC plans that for, when folks walked in could have actually been done online. Do we know? All of them. So 100% of the 6,245? Oh, actually, so actually no, uh,
10: let me, I'll step back. We can do uh, electrical and plumbing permits online, roofing permits, and kitchen and baths. So there are some other types of permits that, that are no plans permits. Um, I'm racking my brains right now to think about them. But uh, like stucco, um, you know, re- reciting your house and stuff, those don't generally need um, plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, So we just need to develop our um, our cadre of of types of permits that we can pull off. That's great.
2: Yeah, I'm curious. The contractors know, but I'm I'm also curious how many people would do this if they knew that the the process had changed so significantly in terms of homeowners who may think, well, maybe this is out out of my reach or small landlords who are thinking this is going to be, you know, they're thinking about the old process and not the new process. And so I'm curious if in your outreach, you're also thinking about, um, homeowner or small landlord outreach, as well, not just contractors. Oh yeah,
10: as these, as we uh, tweak our processes and open this up, we'll definitely um, we have no, we're not shy about letting people know that their that service is available to them. So we'll do that as as we roll it out.
2: Yeah, that's great. I look I look forward to seeing the outreach. I look forward to seeing the expansion of this program. I think this is really great. Great,
10: thank you. Thank
2: you.
3: I'm sorry, the president too, just kind of helped me um, with <laughs> another answer to my own question is, so just clarifying, so 6,245 people could have qualified for a instant online permit? Am I, am I seeing this number right? I'm just trying to, it's an easy. No, uh, I would president say 6,245 6,
10: um, uh, 6, uh, permits were eligible for no plans. So, we, we don't require them to draw anything or produce anything other than the application itself. Okay. Some subset of that um, are available online. Um, so, let's say 5,000 of those were available to be issued online. However, some subset of that, only, um,
3: what is that, that number? Is,
10: only yeah. some of those people opted to do that online.
3: Okay, I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Is uh, of all of those applications, <laughs> no plan permits. We're obviously looking to get the 800 that were instantly uh, issued permits. Uh,
10: we're looking to get that number way up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I ideally, you know, out of the 5,000 that are eligible fall online, so that's a hypothetical number. We would like to get closer to that 5,000 number instead okay. of the 824. Number. Okay. okay. I feel better now. All right. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Is there any public comment on item five?
4: Good morning, my name is Jerry Drantler. I support all the online activity that expedites the process. I'd like to talk about hot water heater permits. Um, We've lived in the city for 38 years and owned our house and hot waters have a useful, eaters have a useful life of 10 years. So we've replaced quite a few of them. And I can tell you in most instances, we were charged for a permit. But when I look back and go into PTS for plumbing permits, I can never find a plumbing permit. So we have two issues here. One is revenue loss for the city. And the more important issue is they're messing around with gas pipes. So an inspection is really, really important. So I think, I believe it's really important to provide a simple and efficient process, but we also need to have controls. And I think uh, hot water heaters is a really good place to start looking. Thank you.
0: Is there any additional public comment in person or remotely? Okay, seeing none, item six, discussion regarding permit tracking system or PTS enhancements.
10: Deputy Director Neville Pereira again on this item. So I'm happy to announce that uh, as of July 27th, uh, we rolled out a new enhancement to our permit tracking system as I, as I mentioned earlier it's a fairly um, aged system. Um, and this just allows it to, uh, to keep, keep up with some of the, the recent requirements that we've had of, um, you know, of reporting. Um, and so it, it, the enhancements really to improve transparency. As you probably know, there's been a lot of um, interest in the, the amount of time it takes to pull a permit in San Francisco. And what we found, um, the, 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 the good part about this is that what we found is our ability to report out to people w- why it took so long was limited because of the, the system itself. There were information attributes that were missing. How long did it stay within the department versus how long did it stay with the applicant? So where was you looking at a, a 600 day uh, time to get a permit? how much of that time was actually within the department versus sitting with the applicant and the design team and so on and so forth. So our data infrastructure didn't allow us to do that. Um, So this enhancement now does. And um, it really, um, it was a a very good implementation. uh, Our information services, or information system team was very reactive, responsive to our needs and we were able to roll it out very quickly. Um, second
4: slide
10: so what what actually happened here um, whereas our previous um, offering of of, uh, the permit tracking system uh, on the website to the customers had limited or it it had information for the customer to to find out what the status it was of their project we, uh, we now enhanced the, the data within it. We, every time we receive a document, it is now noted on a separate line before lines were uh, reused, or there's information in the, in the background. So something would come in, we would get a, um, we would get, we would do some work on it, we would send it out, and more information would come in, you would not know that new information came in. It would only have limited fields on it. So now, when new information comes in, we start a new tracking line and people can now see on the website um, what exactly uh, came in, when it, when it did, when was it assigned, and what was the, um, what was the uh, disposition from the city on that. Was it? Uh, and I'll go over those dispositions in a, in a moment. It also allows uh, uh, the design team, the engineer, architect, contractor, and as well as the homeowner to really um, be able to monitor the project. If you can imagine, sometimes um, uh, the owner is sometimes kept out of the loop because their design team is actively uh, engaged in, in the interaction with the city. Now they can see exactly when their design team responded when the city responded to them and so on and so forth. And um, our comments as well. So we internally, we had a comment line before. We've just encouraged staff now to put anything and everything on that comment line to be as, as, uh, as clear and transparent as possible. Next slide. So, um, whether, so whether comments have been issued or, uh, so the project status tells you whether comments have been issued or whether the project has moved on uh, as far as disposition goes, if it's been denied, if it's been um, um, approved and so on and so forth. It also tells you uh, when it was submitted um, it, it continues to tell you when, when it was submitted, when it arrived at that station. A station is a, uh, a development review agency, so it could be a public workstation, could be a building station, could be a planning station. So anytime a document, regardless of um, uh, what submittal it was, sometimes there's a, a submittal to DPW, Department of Public Works, that doesn't come to building. That's also registered. Before it, it may not have been clear that uh, that 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 separate submittal got got issued. So every every department has a um, has a line in the tracking system. Next slide. So this is an image of uh, <clears throat> what's shown on the website. <clears throat> it tracks the revision number. So every time there's a revision uh, of the plans, either um, the, there were comments issued and a new set of plans was taken in. Um, that's tracked now, it's shown. Uh, the review result is now shown. That was never done before. Um, we used to have this on a hold field, what I uh, alluded to before. On hold in the past used to mean that the department was essentially done with this review and we'd put it on hold. Um, meaning for us internally that it was sent back to the applicant so the vernacular wasn't really clear well why was it put on hold and 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 um and also this this was a single field on a single line so when it came in that on hold field was still populated with number even though there was activity going in the background so it's a, as you can you can probably uh, ascertain it was limited and it's transparency before now, we have the ability to add a new line saying, we received a new submittal, the revision number would be updated, and then we have a new activity uh, that's spawned off of that. And uh, and the last item on here shows the expanded uh, comments on there, next slide. So this is a um, a list um, of all the dispositions that we have. Uh, DBI only uses a few of these. We, we use the approved um, status, and we use the issued comments status, we use the admin status as well as the in-progress status. The others um, approved as stipulated or denied, those are reserved for other departments. We don't stipulate approvals, um, and we don't deny app. Actually, we do deny in some cases just to be in sync with other, other departments. Planning denies applications, and we're asked to deny applications because of that. Um, next slide, please. So the, the new enhancements allows us to do um, multiple other things. Uh, like I said earlier on, it, uh, in addition to uh, what I mentioned earlier, it allows us to balance the workloads and assignments. In our internal reporting, we're now able to see um, readily when a plan came in, how long it's been waiting, and so there's really no opportunity for it to kind of fall between the cracks. Internally, we also review plan review times. Those have been um, improving steadily uh, in the last uh, year or so. And then um, there's other improvements that we have. So when a, a recheck or resubmittal comes in, we've also held ourselves to a standard of 10 review days uh, maximum. We typically review these within a week, within five working days. But we, before the when a resubmittal came in, it could go weeks without being reviewed. And um, so now we have an internal standard um, that the alarm goes off at 10 days, and. Uh, we we readily uh, we we regularly meet our uh, one week to two weeks uh, turnaround on those, and in general, just it, it just keeps projects moving. That's um, that's our uh, responsibility here. Lastly, on the last slide, I just want to acknowledge uh, the MIS team. Those folks are the, work silently in the background. They, they need some acknowledgement. They, they were, like I said earlier on, very responsive um, to this need and uh, created a great output um, for the city as a whole. So I'm here to answer questions if you have.
0: Um, before we do the questions, is there any public comment on this item?
4: I have some handouts, please. the computer, please.
0: It will, it'll show once,
4: it'll, there it is. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Good morning, my name is Jerry Dratler. I fully support incremental improvements to the PTS system that approve reporting transparency and accountability. However, this effort is undermined by the lack of data integrity in the PTS system. Almost two years ago, the city controller issued a 56-page report on DBI's permitting and inspection process, and key report findings and recommendations have not been implemented, and it's been two years. It will be two years in September. I can't see how the BIC can fulfill its oversight responsibility without insisting on the implementation of the two principal report findings. The first one is the PTS system lacks controls to ensure complete data is entered into the system. And most importantly, to prevent inappropriate after the fact changes to recorded inspections. This is an unacceptable internal control weakness. The second recommendation or observation is DBI does not use PTS to report on red-flag activities like out-of-area inspections and improperly expedited reviews of project plans. The BIC should be receiving exception reports on these prohibited activities. I attached report findings, um, the preliminary findings and recommendations in my handout. I encourage the BIC commissioners to read the entire report and Director O'Reardon's September 16, 2021 response to controller Rosenfield. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Is there any additional public comment in person or online? None. Okay, next we have item seven, commissioner's questions and matters. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, uh, the, the, the discussion, the uh, commissioner discussion. My apologies.
2: I did actually have questions about um, similar to, uh, to the public comment of just how is this data, th- I know this is a new rollout, so how are you anticipating this data to be used to conduct monitoring that will help identify fraud and, um, and abuse risks?
10: So the, the um, enhancements that we've made are primarily targeted towards uh, performance and efficiency measures within the uh, permit assign uh, plan check assignment and approval process um, It's really there to to give us the ability to show uh, and, and report on on a weekly basis what was assigned what was what was done and how you know uh, really keep a track of, um, so, so when you resubmit plans after you get corrections, it's normal process is to uh, submit directly to the plan checker. Um, and sometimes that plan checker would forget to put that into the system. Now it's it's routinely put in, and we're gonna tighten that up a little bit more. So it's just, uh, again, to, to leave the outlier, to, to essentially bring in the outliers or these projects that were... Uh, were um, sometimes forgotten. Um, so as far as uh, fraud and, and that kind of stuff, um, that really wasn't the intent of this. Um, you know, the, a lot of the measures that the, um, the speaker talked about um, are outside of the scope of these changes.
2: Thank you. Is, are, are the line-by-line uh, the new entries, each line, are they are they solid? Are they locked in, or are they able to be changed?
10: So they're they're locked in after that line is finished. So mm-hmm. if you enter a disposition on that line and you open up a new line and start to enter information on the next line, you're not able to go back and and enter information on the line before. Oh, okay,
2: so no one can go back and change something after that line has been. Yeah. Done. Okay. Are you able to pull reports? Um, absolutely. You absolutely can. That's a great so part <laughs> about this. So you can pull reports by inspector. You can see if something is kind of, you know, out of the ordinary, something that they would not normally be assigned to and follow up. Say, oh, you're just covering for your colleague for vacation. We see that, or oh, this is something that was unusual or unexpected. You're able to do that.
10: So the again, so the the changes that we did um, to the to the system were not really related to inspection. However. It is part of the same web view, and um, so the same rules apply to that um, again the the, the the enhancements we made were not really specific for uh, for the type of activity you were talking about.
2: so this doesn't follow through to the end of the permit. this is just to the issuance of the permit the
10: The web view that you you see does follow through to the end of uh, the permit. Um, because I work in permit services, I don't necessarily know that those those got the cascaded to the to inspection, but I would gather so. Okay. Okay.
2: Thank you. All right. Are there other questions for my commissioners? I see. Um. Uh,
12: uh, thank you for the presentation. I have a, just a question about uh, improving internal management. And you mentioned that uh, the 10-day uh, target gives a, um, a deadline and a measure of accountability, and it creates an alert. And it's—I I, guess—I just am curious: what is the alert, and what uh, what happens once that comes in, and what's the response if there is the uh, if the ten days are approaching or if they've passed? Uh, how does the uh, the alert uh, of the deadline? How does that? How does that? Uh, yeah. Operate?
10: So, thank you for that question. It's it's really monitored uh, by each team of plan plan reviewers. Um, each team consists of about five engineers or inspectors with a team leader, and so our uh, our enhanced process right now is really to meet with each one of the ten. I mean, each one of the five within the team. So each supervisor has that responsibility on a weekly basis to make sure that they know exactly what came in to their team and what was done that week, and that gets reported out. On our weekly assignment, uh, a global assignment meeting, which happens for the entire uh, division of, of the, the plan review um, services section, each team leader comes to the meeting with available hours for new work. So they that, that means that they've met with each team, team member of theirs. They found out what, what uh, re, re, revised work came in that number of hours associated with that revised work gets taken out of the 40 hours that's available for the week, and whatever's left is available for new work. So that, that's the, the check and balance we have to make sure that they met with their staff, they know what, what available hours are for new work, and, and this is now, like I said, monitored on a weekly basis. So it's really a good short amount of time that we can, we can make sure the integrity of the information that's, that's, that's uh, being reported out.
5: Uh, Thank you. Yeah, so um, I just wanted to add um, President Alexander Toot to your question earlier about how do we verify that the plan check is appropriate. Um, When we implemented the pre-plan check process that uh, um, Deputy Director uh, Pereira was talking about, um, part of that process is. we have two experienced plan checkers who look through the plans and assess like a a number of hours that they think the plan check will take. And so we have that recorded, you know, so if they say this plan check will take six hours or something and it, you know, somebody only spends one on it, then that, then that's in the system something that we can look back on and say, why was it only one and not the six hours that they anticipated it would take. So there are some additional checks and balances in there that, um, uh, that exist and as far as the inspection services side um, you know in September we have an update on our reforms pr- uh, project that we're going to give uh, we have Chris Vergara who's our compliance manager is going to give you an update on that and we have worked on inspection locks or you know records locks for inspections and so he can give an update on all of that
1: so does the inspector actually see the number of hours anticipated for, for the who, plan check for the plan check that it seems like that would be that would be a way to
10: no yes they they do they do see it they oh, all okay. are aware of uh, of that yeah. and and part of this weekly dialogue that happens between them and the team leaders is just to, to be able to um, either accept it or negotiate those initial hours you know based on what they they see
0: Okay, no further questions. Okay, we'll go to item seven commissioners' questions and matters. 7A, inquiries to staff. At this time, commissioners may make inquiries to staff regarding various documents, policies, practices, and procedures which are of interest to the commission. And I'll, I'll read item B as well um, future meetings and agendas. At this time, the commission may discuss and take action to set the date of a special meeting and or determine those items that could be placed on the agenda of the next meeting and other future meetings of the building inspection commission and our next uh, regular meeting is scheduled for September 20th So um, the interim president um, did you want to ask if there are any inquiries to staff or the commissioners have any
3: future
2: items Okay go ahead
3: um, Thank you. Just, I wanted to follow up. I, I know uh, we had talked a couple meetings ago about uh, a vacancy, um, vacancy report and also um, hearing from the uh, tax collector to see if, you know, just sort of getting an update on how these databases are colliding. Um, sounds like next meeting, we're gonna be talking about vacancy again, um, but I was hoping, and I think I mentioned it, um, but we needed more information at that time. So uh, if there's a way we could get the tax collector in here, to uh, go over what their database is and just see if it's if it's meshing with DBI's database on vacancies, that I don't know if we can, but um, that'd be my request. Thank you.
0: Thank you.
2: Um, Any- I I'm just I mentioned it the last meeting, but I would just want to make sure that the um, the housing subcommittee uh, is on there for um, and that we because I believe we're also going to a Appoint the subcommittee members at the next committee meeting. And that we have the, that the way that it reads is that we could vote on the housing subcommittee but also appoint at the same meeting. For
0: the housing subcommittee, that's a new committee to be formed. Yeah, okay. that's it. Okay,
2: last meeting. Yeah, okay,
0: thank you. And I'll follow up with all of you for the specifics if I have follow up questions on that. Um, is there any public comment for the item 7a and b? And none remotely um, seeing none. We have item eight, review and approval of the minutes of the regular meeting of July nineteenth, two thousand twenty-three.
2: Is there a motion? I make a
3: motion to oh I try that. I make a motion to uh, approve minutes.
2: Second.
0: Okay. there is a motion and a second to approve the minutes. Is there any public comment? Um, seeing none, are all commissioners in favor?
2: Aye. Yes, aye. All
0: right. Any opposed? Okay, thank you. Then The minutes are approved. Um, next, we have item nine, um, discussion and possible action on the annual performance evaluation for the BIC secretary. 9A, public comment on all matters pertaining to the closed session. Is there any public comment? None and in person and remotely. Um, next, the possible action to convene a closed session. Is there a motion to convene a closed session? Uh,
2: motion to convene a closed session. Is there a second?
0: Second. Okay, and I'll do a roll call vote on that motion. Um, Interim President Alexander Toot. Yes. Commissioner Newman? Yes. Commissioner Shadix. Yes. Commissioner Williams? Yes. Okay, the motion carries unanimously. Um, We are now in closed session and it is 11.18 a.m. Hello, again, this is the Building Inspection Commission. Um, We are on agenda item nine, discussion and possible action on the annual performance evaluation for the BIC secretary. Um, We are on item 9D, reconvene in open session to vote on whether to disclose any or all discussions held in closed session. Is there a, a motion to reconvene in open session?
2: Um, I'd like to make the motion and defer to the city attorney, the deputy city attorney, to characterize the motion and the exceptions. Okay.
0: Thank you. Uh, yeah, it be. Oh, this one. Okay. Yeah, that's
13: right. I think it's. That one. Okay, am I coming through here, Sonia? Yes. Great. This is Deputy City Attorney Peter Milianich. I'll just characterize the motion um, for the Building Inspection Commission today. It is to reconvene in open session um, and to not disclose any discussions held in closed session today, except to note that the Building Inspection Commission has completed the performance evaluation process for the Building Inspection Commission Secretary, Ms. Sonia Harris. And also to note that in closed session, the Building Inspection Commission uh, voted uh, unanimously to initiate the process to update the job specifications and the salary levels for the position of Building Inspection Commission Secretary and also concurrently to initiate the process to create a new position entitled Director of Commission Affairs.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, so that was the motion, I guess. Is there a second for that? Okay. Okay, did a, that a vote or just a, okay. so there's a motion by Interim um, President Alexander Toot and a second by. Commissioner Shaddix, and I'll do a roll call vote. Um, to President Alexander Toots. Um, Commissioner Newman. Yes. Commissioner Shaddix. Yes. And Commissioner Williams. Yes. Okay, thank you. The motion carries unanimously.
12: Okay.
0: Thank you, and then item 10 is adjournment. Is there a motion to adjourn?
1: Motion to adjourn.
0: Okay, all commissioners in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay, thank you. It is now 12.06 p.m. and we are now adjourned.